Hi, lovers. Hi, Holly. Okay, so it's been a million years. Way too long. Since we've recorded anything. And we've had a few people reach out to us actually and say, "Um, are you still alive? Like, are you still recording? So thank you for those people that have asked us where we went. (laughs) We're still here. We are still here and life is busy. And now that COVID's kind of, I mean, still around definitely. And Beck and I have both had it in our households. Neither of us got it, thank no. you, but we've both had it in our households. But now that COVID has kind of settled down and we're both in like busy working environments, we just have not had enough time to drink all the tea and have the chats. Have the chats. <laughs> but here we are today. And if you're listening to this, it's because we've obviously released it. Duh. Um, but I'll just say up front, this might only be a once off. <laughs> It won't be a regular thing and we're still discovering that and we're still kind of thinking through how that will work for this podcast and potentially others. We don't know. We've got some ideas in the back of our minds. Yeah. (laughs) Life's changed, hasn't it? It really has. What, 18 months ago when we started this? Oh, gosh, it really has. Yeah. I'm just, it's interesting to have like a recording of that journey for us as friends, but just where we were at and what was happening in the world and what we were doing in our personal lives and recording our private conversations yeah. for other people to listen to. So we can go back when we're old and frail in the <laughs> nursing home together and listen to the young Holly and Beck. <laughs> and they'll be like, what did we do? What did we say? How embarrassing. Which actually brings us to this topic of today because uh, recently I sent, I watched a TikTok that my friend had made and I sent it to Beck mm. and I said, watch this TikTok. Don't tell me what you think, but we need to have a conversation about this and record it. And here we are. And so every time we've kind of caught up or seen each other at different things, since I sent that to her, we've avoided talking about it because we didn't want to, like, we wanted to have this conversation and record it live as it happens. Yeah in our conversation about this topic because that's why we started this podcast. Well, that's right. And we've, we've always been about being authentic and stuff. So it feels like we've put this off for a really long time. (laughs) So what I thought I'd do is I'll play the TikTok for the listeners and and then we can just kind of finally discuss this that we've been waiting to to discuss. To discuss. So hopefully the audio comes through well. Um, I'll let it speak. I'll let the TikTok speak for itself. Um, because my for you page is suddenly now inexplicably full of um, five love language content. This is just your friendly reminder that Gary Chapman is a homophobic white nationalist bigot who wrote five love languages with no clinical experience from a cis white het monogonormative patriarchal lens and has persisted in over the last 40 years to inflict that on everybody as an ideal. Um, If you are using the five love languages as a justification for the way that you are interacting with people or providing support and therapy for people, I want to encourage you to think about that framework and try and find something else which does the same job but less horribly. I listened to that and I found it so confronting. Honestly, the first time I listened to it, I was kind of offended. 
Yeah. I mean, I think my friend, her name's Beck as well. Mm-hmm. She's, she's relayed this information in a really good way. She's not being aggressive about it. She's just saying, think about the framework. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I never thought about the framework. No. And it, it really caught me off guard because I'm like, well, we've done love languages. We've researched it. We've read some books. We've talked about it extensively. Yeah. We've used, we've it, used in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we've used it in our personal lives and with our kids and in our marriages. We've and I've encouraged thought, our listeners to use it. Gosh, don't even get me started. <laughs> And I'm not saying that any of that information is bad or whatever, but what really did strike me was I have not actually considered the framework that it was built on Mm. and had no idea that it wasn't based on any scientific stuff. I just, honestly, I'd never considered researching that. It just didn't enter my mind. No. And when you say that, I think like, like generically in my life, if I read something, I kind of don't then necessarily explore beyond that to see the factual or the look at whether how, um, I don't know what the right word is, but I don't research the information that I'm reading. I kind of take it on face value. Mm. And I've done that a lot in my life. Yeah. And I think I have too. And probably for both of us, for our upbringing and the communities that were around, we weren't really taught to question or research further. We were Mm. taught when you're presented with information, you take it for what it is and you take it as the, you know, the truth of anything. And I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do to not question stuff. No, I'm def. I've definitely been on a journey over the last probably six months of doing that in lots of areas of my life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it also made me think, okay, so if I'm now questioning the foundations of love languages and how they came about does that mean I need to throw it all out like is it all null and void Mm. and I don't necessarily think that because some of the stuff that I think the love languages teaches it's 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 still good information yes but I guess in my mind I had limited I'd limited not limited love but it it boxed it for me Mm. because you know there are five love languages this is how you love people Um, if you're not feeling loved, then it's because of one of these reasons and one of these things is not being met. But I'd never considered that that might not actually be the case and that there might be other things outside of this model that actually speak to who we are as humans and how we relate to one another and how we connect with one another and how we make others feel loved. And even for myself, I'm like, okay, I've always thought that and known that I'm a gifts person, a physical touch person, and I've probably boxed myself into that. Mm. And when I'm myself feeling like, you know, oh, not as loved as I'd like to be, I've always just put it down. Well, it must be because of these reasons. Mm. But what if that's not it? Yeah. Like what if there's other stuff that we're missing here? And I think that was one of the really big keys for me was like, oh, wow, gosh. And it just unraveled this whole gamut of questioning um for me and I never want to promote something that's maybe coming from a place of bigotedness yeah and I don't want to bash up Gary Chapman because he was probably just doing the best that he knew with the information that he had and I'm sure it's been really helpful for a lot of people and that's awesome and I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater so to speak but I'm also not going to 
limit it and just box it to just that. Yeah. And I think for us and a big part of our podcast and how it, it kind of grew and changed from where it started to where we finished off last year, but I think it's still evolving mm. and whether that be it's still evolving to still talk about and teach the things that we've been in conversation about or whether that's changing to something else again because mm. really it's just conversations with Beck and Holly. That's right. And <laughs> And we change, don't we? Like we're not mm. static. The things that we're interested in and the things that we talk about change all the time. I mean, it often has a framework around our family or relationships. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think we're finding that our conversations are a little bit different at mm. the moment mm. in, in those areas rather than what we had been talking about 18 months ago. Yeah, and I guess it makes sense for someone like Gary Chapman to be, like, homophobic or bigoted because of his generation, mm -hmm. his culture, where he's from. And I'm not trying to excuse bigotry because that's just, in my mind, it's not okay. But it was often those kind of upper middle class white bigoted men who would bring a lot of this stuff because they had the voice. Yeah. They had and the platform. The to, platform. Yeah. And they had the audience to be able to do this. And then mm -hmm. it made them money. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, if I think about it, when I, first heard about love languages you know you see on the front of the book sold however many copies and it's mm. just like in the oh that was what gave it validity for me mm -hmm, like that's mm -hmm. what made it like oh this is obviously going to be helpful information because so many other people have read it and used it mm. um and i think with something like love languages you can go okay well if i can identify what my partner's love language is what my kids love language is what my love language is then i can go about ticking the boxes and making okay. sure i've done it all correctly and if something happens outside of that and they're not feeling loved or there's there's a problem well it's not my fault because i've ticked everything off so yeah. it must be the other person and i don't think that's necessarily a healthy mm -hmm way to go about it and the other side of the coin is when you're attempting to love someone mm. and you have to love them in a certain way mm. what if you don't want to do that mm. like it, it then kind of puts you in a place where it seems like you don't necessarily have a choice because if i really loved them i'd do it even if i don't want to do that in mm. this moment yeah that's a good point um yeah so you said before that when you watched it first you felt a bit offended yeah i, I mean i just felt like Beck's language towards Gary Chapman was very strong. Mm. Um, and I mean, I don't know Gary Chapman mm -hmm. from Bar of Soap, so I have no sure. idea. And I've honestly, I've never um, read anything else of his or like followed him on social media or really have any other information about him. But it was just like, oh, that's like ev so different to anything else I've ever heard about mm. him. Um, but I think the thing that really got me was the fact that it's not scientifically based. Yes. No, uh, it wasn't even that. It was more to explore alternatives. And I was yes. like, wait, hang on. What other alternatives are there? And isn't it funny now that you say that because it's like, why didn't we think about that yes. before? And then it makes me feel like such a stupid human being. <laughs> but it, honestly, it just never entered my brain to think nah. what other alternatives there are because I've just known about love languages and that's what I've known. So I just, yeah, I just never thought about it. No. So weird. It is. So I actually Google alternatives mm -hmm. and I found this really great book that I'm now reading and mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll have many conversations mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. that book. But um, and, and even within the book, it's it's challenging. To, it's a, a book about relationships and marriage in particular, but it's challenging even traditional marriage counselling and what they've always said is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like 
yes, that's a component of it, but it's not everything. And I yes. think that's what we're saying about love languages. Like that can be a component yeah. and it can be helpful Definitely. to know how to love people in certain ways, but it, we can't make that the be all and end all. That's right. There's so much more to the human existence. Exactly. And I think you're right. It got me, it got me too, because I hadn't even considered that it wasn't scientific yeah. evidence and that you could find stuff that's more scientific and based in actually like deeper rooted in psychology and mm. all that sort of stuff. And if we are going to limit ourselves to one system of how we're going to love people or our kids or our friends or partners, then are we doing enough? Mm. And if this podcast has been about, you know, I love you too much to argue, then I think it only makes sense that we have to have this conversation and have to talk about it because we've talked so much about love languages. We wouldn't be doing ourselves mm. like we'd be doing a disservice to the listeners and also to ourselves and our conversations that we've had if we yeah. didn't go, ah, oh, okay, it's actually okay to question this and it's actually okay to delve deeper and go, well, we didn't know this information before. It took one like 30 second TikTok, which seems silly to for us to go, oh my gosh, what like how have we missed this? Yeah. And what else is what there? are we missing? Yeah, what, what are we haven't missing? we looked into because we thought this was it? Mm. Yeah. So that's been a conversation we've been wanting to have. Mm. So when I sent you the TikTok, I I you know, knowing you, I thought I know I think I know how this is gonna make Beck feel. <laughs> She's gonna she's gonna feel uh shocked or a bit uh, uh what's the word defensive defensive yeah uh -huh. I feel a bit defensive at first because I felt a little bit of that as well but I watched it twice and it was weird how it hit me mm. and then it, it started me thinking about other things and I've already been on a journey the last little while about questioning foundational beliefs and things that I've always been told and and just take it on board as mm. truth but another friend of mine told me about this podcast a, another podcast that's called um forget the actual name of it it's something like behind the bastards okay and i'd never heard of this podcast before and it's about narcissistic people who are kind of well known yes and they go into what's actually behind closed doors and like research oh and gosh. find evidence of you know these people who are celebrated in the media or you know given a platform of attention to some degree are they actually the kind compassionate human being that they are portrayed to be are portrayed to be and in and he was talking to me about this podcast and then mentioned an episode well i think there's two actually that feature dr phil ah oh. now when he said that to me i straight away my my Dr. Phil lover inside of me was like, <laughs> as if Dr. Phil isn't the greatest man that he says he is. But I thought, you know what, I'll listen to it hmm. because I've, I've, you know, I've had contact with narcissistic type people in my life before that have done a lot of damage to people around mm. them, including myself. And so then I thought, hang on a minute, what if this Dr. Phil is one of these people? Yeah. And so again, it made me question stuff. So I listened to these episodes and it, gosh, it was fascinating. Like they were hard to listen to as some, like I used to watch Dr. Phil all the time back in the day. Mm. Me too. <laughs> I love Dr. Phil. And you know, some of the stuff that, 
they were saying in this podcast and they give evidence for it and mm-hmm. talk about they they go right back and talk about his upbringing and where he came from and how he rose to where he was mm-hmm. and all this stuff and talk to people who know him or knew him and interview them it's fascinating but again it was similar to the that tiktok stuff where a lot of the pop psychology that dr phil uses isn't as scientifically Mm. based as it comes across and then there's this whole other part of how they that what they talk about in this podcast is how they're exploiting people's problems Mm. and putting them on tv and and i hadn't really thought about that and you know they've got these young young unruly teenagers that have got a bunch of stuff going on and really without much consent are putting them on television in this really stressful situation Mm. where they don't really have much choice about it and yes they're trying to help them but what are they trying to do above and beyond trying to help them Mm. they're trying to make a tv show that's going to make a stack of money and and that's what they've done it's not it's not as much about helping the people as it is about well, we need to find the drama to produce a great TV mm. show and we've got to make the money from it. And that's when it boils down to it. That's it's what it is. Really and it's really exploiting vulnerable people, isn't it? Yeah. But it, oh, again, it was another one of those things that really struck me and I found it really difficult because I'm like, this again is another thing where I've just taken it at face value, probably been pretty gullible to not be more... And my personality is quite optimistic. Mm. I'm not usually one to be pessimistic and be like, oh, no, that's not true. Um, but it was fascinating listening yeah. to those episodes. I think like listening to you, you know, growing up in the culture that we grew up in, the people that spoke out against someone were always like, it was like they were always discredited in some way. And so when when you're like, I'm finding myself so challenged by people that are speaking out against these like supposedly amazing people Mm. um, to be like, oh, are they just not telling the truth? Mm. But um, like I'm realising in this moment of the conversation, like that's what we were kind of told is that like they're they're intentionally trying to discredit me or Mm -hmm. bring down my integrity or whatever. Oh, I don't know what to believe anymore. I know. <laughs> it's so hard, though, because I think when you're taught not to question yep. and that if you do question, you're kind of excommunicated in a, in a way, yeah. that it creates an unsafe community environment where you, ha- in order to stay in this community environment, in order to keep these people around you that have, you know, grown with you or you've shared life with, You've actually got to follow these unsaid rules. Otherwise, you're out, Mm. you're alone, you've lost your community and the community that you were a part of kind of thinks of you as the baddie. Mm. So it's been a journey. really has. (laughs) And, I mean, ultimately I think for you and I we believe in love. Yeah. And we love love, which is why we've been, you know, doing this podcast about healthy relationships Mm. because we want to be creating safe spaces for our friends, our family, our kids. And we thought we needed to bring this to the podcast because it's all about growth. Yeah. And for us, this has been growth and I think really healthy growth. Yeah. Agreed. 
So we don't know what's next. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I wish we did sometimes. It's so much easier to plan when you know what's coming next. But Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I'd love our listeners to, like, tell us alternatives to love languages they know about. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would because I'd love to do more reading and research about other ways that we can think about how we love people. Yeah, and I know that you've mentioned this book to me that you are reading and how helpful you found mm. it, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm planning to so that we can then have another conversation yes. about it. <laughs> we could make a series of podcasts about it, I reckon. <laughs> we probably could, yeah. and maybe we'll do that, maybe we won't. We yeah. don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, look, sorry to our listeners who've been asking us to record again. We know it's been like six months since we've released anything. We are still here. We are still having conversations. We just haven't recorded them. and. This is a little hello from us and we hope you enjoy this conversation that we've had today. (laughs) Keep an eye on our socials. We'll let you know when we know what we're doing. Or maybe we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Depends if we have time. So true. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.